Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. This is Big Fucking Joe. I run every fucking town I go to, and you're listening to the Daily Dose of Fucking Death. Ah! And yeah, welcome to your Nose to Death podcast. My name is Lauren. As always, thank you for joining me each and every single. As you can see, I'm laughing my ass off because my guest here decided to be a doof, but you know, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but thank you for each and every single episode listening, giving me the five stars review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as thank you to my sponsors, Crimson Mask and um, Grateful Death Match. I don't want to waste any of y'all's time on this one, but by the way, before we get to this, once you hear this, you'll understand, but big fucking Joe, thank you for botching my podcast name. You'll understand why. Just saying. Um, but anyways, though, um, I have been able to get on here for the first interview in a while. I apologize with someone who has been um, a good friend of the show, someone who technically this is his third time on the show. Technically speaking, we just won't talk about, the first one that was turned into article form. But nonetheless, I'm here with a man who's going to be making his way to the U.S. in a, just a few days, up at literally what is 534 in the morning there. None other than the smash hit himself, Joel Bateman. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing so well that I forget how podcasts work and like people do intros before I come in. So no, <laughs> it recorded so I, I fucked it up twice. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm not like I'm not like Steven and Alex, even though I love them both, where it was just like, oh, this is the world of deathmatch podcast. Oh no, yeah, but see, <laughs> when I do a podcast with Alex and Steve, like I go out of my way to fuck up the intros. Oh yeah. Um so no. you always complete accident because as you said, no, yeah, it works. So, like, it, it, it works. That's fine. <laughs> it's five thirty five in the morning. We have we have laughs here. Um, but anyways, I mean Joel, I thank you for making the time for me as always. Um, wow that you decided to do it like this. Um, well, especially yeah, with this is literally the only time, um, because it's been the schedule is just well, you've, you've been busy at work, you ha- had a kid, you're getting ready for this massive US trip that's only two weeks long, or actually, even last. Geez, now that I think, yeah, about it's, it. it's like 10 days. 10 I, days. I, I, I was telling everyone at Deathmatch Down Under on Saturday night. And everyone's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I got all this stuff. And I kind of read through the itinerary. The eyes just kept getting wider and wider. <laughs> and but, I was uh, explaining what I'm going to get done. So man, I can't but, wait. Uh, Fuck me. Is it going to be a tour? Yeah, of course. But I mean, it's been a while since we've talked, though. But I mean, my first question is not really related to the U.S. tour, but it's really just Deathmatch Under has officially hit a year as a promotion. They have hit a year. The one year anniversary just happened. 
Um, you've seen a ch- one champion come and go. You've seen the deathmatch belt get a nice little facelift. You've seen a lot happen in just a year as a promotion, and already one of the most talked about promotions in the world of deathmatch wrestling. In your eyes, how has it been being a part of a promotion that is really just a year old, has gone through a tournament, has gone through actual multiple tournaments, and somehow managed to still be standing after a year? How's it been through your lenses? See, I'm a sucker for a tournament. That's why we do so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's still kind of surreal. It's eh, we we try and board plan as best we can, but the best laid plans of my men, you know, tend to go awry. So the way the company looks now is vastly different to kind of how I pictured it at the end of year one. Um, but it doesn't mean it's worse. Like I think we're we're starting to really hit our stride. Um, especially just coming off like we've had three shows already this year. Uh, and that's including the one like we had to postpone one. Yeah. So we'd be at we'd be, we'd be at four by now, but um, you know, ev- everyone is just hitting their stride. Guys that we were like, "Fuck, all right, we'll give these guys a crack." On like the first show, people like Kid Valiant, who were like, "Oh shit, we need you know someone to throw in the tag title tournament." Who you know we're <laughs> gonna jump out in the first round in fucking five minutes. Um, are now like hitting their strides and have some really big things coming up because they've just put in the work over the last year. Uh, people like York and Atlas Whitaker are the same. Callan obviously stepped right the fuck up. Um, it's really cool, and it still doesn't feel real. Like, and it's how this U.S. trip kind of came together because I I I have you know a pretty big case of imposter syndrome, and I really believe the hype, as it were, at least on a personal level. Like, <laughs> as a as a promoter, I could see it because that's what I spend my time doing, right? I sit there and go, I'm going to build as much hype for the company as I can because I want people to come and buy tickets and want to watch it on IWTV. But on a personal level, as like a wrestler, I go, ah, fuck, now I'm just some fat guy. Um, and, and, and don't really put too much stock in myself. But as this kind of US tour came together, I was going to come and do WrestleMania weekend. That was the original plan. And maybe do like Planet Death. And then I heard that they were kind of splitting, splitting up in uh, IWTV and ICW were going to stay in New Jersey and um, obviously Game Changer were going to do Dallas. And I was like, ah, fuck. Because as you mentioned, I do have a four-month-old son who is amazing, but I don't want to be away from him for too long. And I have a nine-to-five job that I can't be away from for too long. So I only had a finite amount of time to go to the US. So I'm going to make the most of it. And... I was on an iron about maybe, yeah, doing Mania weekend, but then I'm like, fuck, I have to stand out against everybody. Um, like, every motherfucker who wants to stand out is coming in for WrestleMania weekend, and you're going to see some dilution there. Um, so the March thing came up, and I was like, fuck, I actually have a weekend in March that I can do this. Got some, a little bit of money saved up, and I, I can make this work. And I was talking to my wife, because I was just going to come and do the, the weekend coming up, the 12th, 13th weekend. Yeah. And she's like, no, I can get some help here. Um, go and do two weeks. And then I had a chat with Schlack, uh, who I will continue to shout out and say nice things about. Uh, on the back of this tour, and I said, where do you think I should go? And he's like, have you spoken to Cass yet? And I said, no. And he's like, send Cass a message. I said, yeah, right. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, and he's like, have you spoken to Matt yet? I said, no, he doesn't have a date. And he's like, give me a day. Um. And then he comes back. He's like, oh, yeah, Matt, you're all right. So you're booked here for Matt on the Monday. And I was like, Monday? All right. 
cool. <laughs> and then I go, you know, is there anything else? And I'm like, what about this Harslam thing? Because uh, it was right, I think it was like two days before GCW versus Harslam show. Yes, it was. And he's like, oh, good idea. Drops me immediately in a group chat with the Harslam guys. Wow. And where we sorted all that out. And then I took like a couple of steps back and went, holy fuck, do I have a massive itinerary? Because then the, the Horror Slam tournament got bought out for two days. Um, and off to the races we went. So this little thing where it was going to just be a date or two has turned into, yeah, I've got what? One, two, three, four, five. I got six shows in 10 days. And one of those is a tournament. So I have the potential of wrestling like, yeah, nine matches in 10 days. <laughs> Man, um, that's the crazy thing. I mean, when I first saw like I like chain like you're gonna be in the chains, and, which by the way is as big as it gets. I mean, I, ICW to me is like the second biggest deathmatch platform out there. They've shot catapulted into that number two spot where there's all these deathmatch promotions, and ICW just on IWTV consistently, almost every, feels like every month, and you're on there, you're going up against Akira, who is still one of the brightest young youngsters in deathmatch wrestling. But then it's like, oh yeah, you got this other thing. Tremont versus Bateman, 200 light tubes, which by the way still is an unholy amount. And to anyone who's going to the H-Show Center for that show, I just I pray y'all make it out alive. I'm just going to say that because to... uh, like I've been to like I've been to TOS six. That was at least a good 150 or so, that final. And I was yeah. front row. So like I made it out alive with just shorts and a shirt, but you, that that HO center is a lot smaller, a lot more condensed. That dust is gonna fill that room. And I've been to the HO oh, center. Yeah. So there's that. But then horror slam comes in. I have people contacting Detroit who were very excited about that tournament, but then you got announced and it was like oh shit, this is real. So, yeah. I mean, you have potential nine matches, all the death matches in 10 days. Um, so, I mean, really going through, I mean, of course, like the itinerary, I mean, you're flying in, in a couple of days from now, but this will come out Tuesday. So it'll be, you'll be probably flying out that day, Tuesday. Well, if it comes out, if it comes out like Tuesday night, your time, I'll... It will be. Probably. Okay, so I get on a plane Wednesday night my time, so there'll be like okay. five or five or six hours difference. But yeah, I fly into Atlanta. Um, I'm flying the wrong way around the world, so I'm kind of going like through the Middle East. Yeah, you are. Um, which like yeah, I'm nothing if not a little bit frugal when it comes to that shit. But I'm also flying in like the fanciest airline in the world, so I don't care if it takes me like an extra six hours. I'm flying in luxury. I'll sleep. It's fine. Um, and then I get a bus down to Chattanooga. So I hit Chattanooga like yeah Thursday night about nine o'clock. Right. Um, but the the thing is like like you mentioned the, the stakes both really high both personally with like the mat match and the cast match, uh, but professionally as well because the first cab off the rank is Reed Bentley for the title. Yeah, for the American Deathmatch title, you and Reed Bentley. Which I was at Chicago, I was at ICW Chicago, and he kind of made mention I'm only going to be there for one night. Anyone wants stuff up and. I, I thought me to myself, I'm like, Joel's going to be in town. Joel's going to be in town. Maybe, just maybe, let's just give it to fucking Joel. Come on now. Yeah, and now, one, now I've got it. I'm like, awesome. And two, it's a title fight. Like, I don't like losing. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> talking to some friends, I'm like, fuck, I can literally turn this belt into a world title. I can take it, bring it back here. 
whether or not Danny, like, it, you know, it's all hypotheticals at this point, but whether or not Danny would want me to defend it at, like, Horror Slam or against Cass, you know, like, people kind of in that ICW realm, uh-huh. whether it's an ICW show or not, because Reed, obviously, his first defense of the title was against Marsha at a Casanova Valentine. Yep, show. I was there. So that makes sense. And, you know, if he wants me to defend it a little bit through the States, I can. But then if I bring it back here and defend it in Australia, it's a legitimate world title. It is. And obviously with the amazing relationship that, you know, ICW is building with kind of the UK at the moment, um, you know, mostly with the Rise promotion, Rise and Kumite. So obviously Big Joe has been fucking crushing it. Uh, and Clint as well, who's the TNT champion. Yes. Um, but Clint's, you know, a death match legend in the UK. So there's kind of that old school, you know, we were all kind of joking about it that, uh, and it started off as a joke and now it's starting to become a thing that kind of that world deathmatch triangle. It used to be a thing that's CZW, BJW, <laughs> Yeah. The new version of that, where it's kind of DMDU, ICW and rise. So yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm all about that. Let's go. So, you know, that, that throws the doors wide open, but you know, like if UK guys want to come down to Australia, obviously, you know, I'd probably be obligated to come back to the U.S. sooner than I'd planned. Um, but all these things uh, within the realm of possibility now, it blows my fucking mind. <laughs> um, so I did have a question from um, my dear friend, Sean Taggart, of course, the a fellow podcast host with ROH, with the p- official, unofficial ROH podcast of Pure. He had a question for me. Let me just pull it up here real quick. Um, yes. So... He basically he wanted to ask you like, what do you want to accomplish on a pro- professional level and a personal level with this U.S. tour? Like, what are your goals? On a what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> um, it's still it's still dark outside. Like, so I hear big loud noise. What the fuck's going on? Um, on a professional level, one the title would be awesome. Um. Also, it would be cool to have a trophy to take back on the plane. Like, there are those accomplishments that I can kind of tick off and put on my resume. If I can beat Matt, that's huge. Um, if I can win the American Deathmatch title, that's huge. If I can win the Horror Slam tournament, looking at that lineup, I'm going to have to go through at least one top-tier talent like Murdoch or yeah. Mickey or Jimmy Lloyd, etc. Like, you know, that, that'd be really cool. Um, but I've said, I've said it publicly a couple of times now, and I'll tell you my goal for 2022 is blood Christmas. So the only other Australian to do blood Christmas is mad dog, but the way he did it, because mad dog doesn't use the internet is he went over a whole bunch of times and just, you know, kind of stayed in that bubble for, uh, freedoms and obviously has a really good relationship with like a science skater and stuff like that. So he got over there, worked a bunch of independents with him and kind of showed that he wasn't a dumb shit because uh, he's not. He's an amazing talent. And they eventually put him on. I don't have that kind of time for repetition. Um, obviously, being a, you know, now I'm a little bit older, uh, have a family. I, I can't go to Japan three or four times without success. I kind of need to make my shots count. So the best way to kind of do that is to go to the States and have some of these matches, you know, win or lose is great, but being able to put, you know, people that they respect really, really highly, uh, people like Tremont and like, you know, Touchwood, hopefully it happens, Madman Pondo, uh, he's in the Horror Slam tournament. He's like the guy I really want to wrestle in that tournament. 
Um, people like that, if I can kind of have really good matches with people that they trust and know, I can then put that in front of Freedoms and go, look, I'm not a dumb shit. I'm not a dumb shit. I'm from Australia. I'm a 10-hour flight away. I'm going to be in town anyway. I would really like to be a part of this. So that that's what I want to achieve on a professional level. And on a personal level, I'm really excited to see all the people who are now some of my best friends in the entire world in person. You know what I mean? Like, we've chatted a bunch. We talk, you know, pretty fucking regularly. I haven't had the chance to meet face-to-face yet. Same thing like Cologne. I talk to Cologne multiple times a day. I The little break I have midweek, I'm going to his house. Like, <laughs> I know. It's completely kind of, like, out of the way, but I'm going to go hang out with one of my best buds. But I also want to kind of give some perspective to some of my friends who don't really believe it. Everyone over there, you grew up watching U.S. independent wrestling. As did everyone in the U.S. That's what you do. Yeah. The thing that I think everyone in the U.S., especially from a performing side that hasn't really understood yet, is the entire world grew up watching U.S. independent wrestling. So, like, and, yeah, I use Neil Diamond Cutter as the example all the time. He's sick. Neil's the best. Now, but, I love Neil. But Neil doesn't understand that there's an entire generation of talent that used to watch Neil Diamond Cutter matches. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was watching Neil, like, in the lead-up to Prince of the Death, watching him and Simon says bleed buckets all over the IWA that kind of stuff sticks with me now more than a decade later. I want to be able to kind of give some perspective, both to the older guys who may have never gotten their flowers, be like, I hope you know that there is an entire world that still loves and respects and watches what you do. And the young guys, like that's one of the things I'm most excited about coming to H2O, especially as that undercard starting to come together now. Yeah. Um, you know, with some, with some of their guys, I can't wait to be able to sit down kind of face-to-face with them and go, the whole world is watching you, whether you know it or not. Like, do not underestimate the influence you have over the rest of independent wrestling all over the world because you guys watch the US Indies, so do we, so does Canada, so does the UK, so does, you know, most of the English-speaking world will go and watch the US Independent. That's why people like Casanova Valentine and Alex Cohen can tour Europe successfully, whether or not they're household names, they're coming off TV, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, that kind of stuff gives them a little bit of perspective, but I don't think they really get it. So me being able to come over in person from a country that doesn't really tour America all that often, like, a lot of times it'll be, yeah, you know, people from England or people from Japan. Australians, we just usually don't get over there. Um, So being able to go and have those conversations with people and, and, and explain that to them is something I'm really excited to do. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned how, like, everyone watches the u.s independence it's kind of funny with this podcast as well when my boss gave me my metrics he's like yeah you have like a 75 percent u.s listenership but then there's like 25 percent from elsewhere and it's like i think the biggest chunk is australia with like five percent of that which mm-hmm. was wild to me i'm like i'm like of course i get on the ground there with dmdu with the likes of yourself callan and Rafe and everyone else who has been a huge help to me but it's like yeah it's exactly kind of the story how things go like people will watch you from anywhere people will see you from anywhere it it doesn't become more surreal till you actually get to meet said person in person Hmm. it's it's kind of that's really kind of the moral story that you brought up and I think it's it's really relatable in any kind of sense and I mean by the way, I, I've been I'm becoming very good friends with Neil, who, by the way, is one of the absolute best people. I have to always shout him out whenever I can. 
um he's been as excited as ever to get to finally meet you so same that's what i mean like me and neil talk every day or two and I, i'm so fucking keen just to hang out and have a beer and just catch up and give him a big cuddle and be like fuck you exist in real life not just in my phone awesome. <laughs> um of course we gotta talk about what beer you're looking forward to when coming to the states i know you <laughs> i know like me and you if i was able to get time out of my busy schedule i'd be with you in a heartbeat giving you all the ipas i could possibly find <laughs> and you know unfortunately you're not gonna be by chicago so i can't like give you the chicago style ipas <laughs> but but that hasn't stopped me from asking what beers are you looking forward to if the there's sense. any breweries from Chicago that you recommend that have like decent distribution, let me know and I'll try and hunt them down. Um, um I, I actually have like a couple of spots in my itinerary where I'm gonna go to these big fucking uh what do y'all call them? Liquor stores. Oh yeah, like that, that have um that have like these amazing like several thousand dollar several thousand beer ranges, so I can go and kind of check them out. I can try and get some cool stuff from around the traps. Um I had a list going in. And it was really only two beers. And then one of the guys from H2O, whose name fucking escapes me, I feel real bad, is actually bringing them to... Is it Jimmy? It might, be, it might be Jimmy Deacon. It might be, it might be Jimmy Deacon, actually. Yeah, I think... Which, by is. the way, shout out to Jimmy. He's a good friend of mine in front of the podcast. Oh, I'm going to crush him with a cuddle if he pulls this off. i tell you fucking what. Like, um, so Pliny the Elder, which is, like, one of the best double IPAs of all time, doesn't okay. get distributed in Australia at all from Russian River in California. But it's distributed in Pennsylvania. Yes. It's the only place on the East Coast. And Hetty Topper, which is from Vermont, from The Alchemist, which I believe is in Vermont. Again, distributed in Philly. So those two beers are kind of like whale beers for any self-respecting craft beer human. But (laughs) it's been super fucking crazy. Like, uh, I started talking with Tony Deppin, because obviously he's got his brewery out of nowhere, Pennsylvania. Um but we've actually got like a chain of command for a beer trade. So I'm going to give a four pack to Jeff Cannonball. Oh, who's probably going to see Tony in like a week. And I believe this week, Tony's giving some to Jeff Cannonball. Who's going to give it to me. Oh my it's going to be like a big delayed beer trade. So I get to try some of Tony's beer, which I'm really excited about. That's, that's awesome. Um, I've got a list of breweries to smash in Brooklyn, um, which is going to be sick. Uh, Darren McCarty has been really amazing with yeah. kind of like organizing a bit of the Detroit hookup. Another um, guy, shout out to Darren McCarty, who I've heard apparently listens to this podcast. I'm not entirely sure if I have the proof, but apparently he likes my stuff enough to listen to us. So shout out Darren and thank you for, yes, you were the bane of my existence as a youth, as a hockey fan, but you're one of the fucking coolest wrestling fans I know right now. So shout out Darren. Darren could do anything he wants with his spare time. Like, <laughs> and, and as I'm kind of like focusing in on this Detroit show, the man is a fucking demigod of that down. Like when you win three, got, when you win three Stanley Cups in the Detroit Red Wing, yeah, you are immortalized as God. I'm just gonna say yeah, that. and one of the lost enforcers to boot. So like, and again, Rafe has said that, you know, he's a massive fan of DMDU, which first that blows my mind like step one, but also like he hooked me up with Eddie Venom. And Eddie Venom was like the first American wrestler that I ever spoke to back in the MySpace days. Oh my goodness. So we used to chat back then. It was him and Eric Cannon were like the two I talked to in like 2003. Eric Cannon. But, but he now works in the beer industry in Detroit. So he's like, right, we're going here, we're doing this and this and this and this and this. 
it's just like holy fuck and then um yeah there's a couple of places in chattanooga i'm gonna try and hit but the the, uh, the thing i'm most excited about isn't even a beer uh me and a couple of people who i will tell you the names off air but yeah for the sake of keep it kayfabe uh i won't bury them publicly um <laughs> We're all going to Jack Daniels after I. Oh, that's gonna be wild. Yeah, so I'm we're actually jealous. going to Lynch, but we're actually going to Lynchburg and going into the distillery and paying way too much money for this super fancy tour where we get yeah. to drink like twenty-one-year-old Jack Daniels out of the barrel kind of stuff. Like, I'm so keen for that because I'm a big whiskey guy as well. Holy shit, am I gonna be hung over the entire time I'm there? Because I'm not <laughs> twenty years old anymore and I can't do this every day. <laughs> No, but you got to spoil yourself when you have the opportunity. That's exactly what I tell people. It's like, when you have the opportunity in front of you, you just got to go for it. I'm going to be fucking, I'm going to be a weird shade of green by the time I get to Brooklyn for that last match. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And, um, so, There's a medicine in his own fucking right as well. Yeah, Cass is a medicine in his own right. Um, but it's funny to me. I mean, me and you, we've known each other's a year and a half if not almost two years yeah it'll be coming up on two years now coming up on two years amazing what happens um and to have seen you grow from just oh yeah i was this guy doing the deathmatch wrestles but didn't have anywhere to call home to dmd is my place it is my home it is my house and it's become this amazing family driven promotion that has really taken over like not even just australia but like it has a worldwide audience. I mean, you get, you finally got that live that live I do TV show out of the way, which I sit up a little and watched. Um, which you told me you you told me was going to happen. I didn't want to believe you, but it happened. And then um, to now coming to the U.S. and being a hot commodity, it's always interesting in the world of deathmatch wrestling. International talent is the hottest commodity. Because we don't get to see you as often. And then if we do, it's like, if you're good, holy shit. Like, I'm excited. But if, if you're not, it's like, okay, like, let's see what this guy has to offer. You know what I mean? And, I mean, if, if you had the chance to come back after this, like, like, what are you telling the promoters that want to put their money on Joel Bateman? What, what are you telling promoters who are like, I'm not too sure, but what what does Joel have to bring to the table after this U.S. tour? It's a fucking good question, actually. Um, I try and do everything I can from this side of the world to promote what I do. I've written maybe 45 press releases in the last week. Um sent out to local media in each market, whether it be Chattanooga, Detroit, uh, kind of that Jersey area or Brooklyn to like sports magazines and radio shows and stuff like that. Seeing if we'll get a bite, like there's been a couple of bites, which I was fucking surprised about. This was kind of just my Hail Mary, but like I'm very invested in making this work for all parties. Um, I'm past the point of wanting to be a full-time professional wrestler. I have a very cushy nine to five job. I don't want to lose that, um, especially to grind as hard as I'd have to to make a living doing pro wrestling. So I, I'm, I'm happy to kind of go back to being that touch wood weekend warrior kind of thing. But from the other side of the world, I can't be out shaking hands, kissing babies, and convincing people in local bars to come to wrestling shows. Like, it's just not feasible. From here, I can do stuff like 
podcasts and promos. Like this week, I've got promos for every single match I've got announced, um, professionally edited, ready to drop, um, graphics, all that kind of stuff. B-roll. They look really, really clean. They got sent to me last night. I'm really fucking happy with them. So I'll start dropping them this week. Uh, and then, yeah, doing things like press and just trying to get people through the door, whether they're excited to see me or not. Independent wrestling is such a cool beast. I want people to get out and see it. And if we can bring more people into this kind of indoctrinated deathmatch community, awesome. The more the merrier, because we are, as, as you mentioned, like even here in Australia, even coming over to the States, one big deathmatch family. Because wrestling, when you break it down, is so fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> it's really, really dumb. And then when you add the deathmatch element to it, it's even worse. So the fact that we are all kind of enjoying this big, dumb, stupid hobby together is amazing. And the more people we can kind of bring into that community who enjoy it for what it's meant to be and not come in and then try and shit on it, uh, obviously, as we've seen during the week with some, you know, pretty distasteful shit. But I, that, that's kind of what I say. I'm like, I just want to bring more people into the community. And if I'm a point of difference to help you do that, book me <laughs> do you know what i mean um if i can draw eyes from another part of the world to your product book me um that that's what i'm here to do i'm here to either excite people who came to meet somebody from a different country and a country that's known for getting really fucking hammered you want to come and drink beer with me awesome come pay for a ticket come and drink beer with me you know and then if it's stuff like dvds or streaming the time difference works really well for australia um you know, most of the shows start at 11 or 12 o'clock in the morning here. So, yeah, right? So, I know there's a few bars and stuff that are going to try and do watch parties for the ICW shows. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because they air at like 1 p.m. local time. So, it's like, come in, yeah. have lunch, have a couple of beers, and watch some death matches and just hang the fuck out. It's like awesome. life right there. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. I'm jealous. And it's like the end of summer here. It's like fucking 75, 80 degrees. It's beautiful um i don't know how i'm gonna cope with the cold in detroit i have no fucking idea um but yeah that like that's kind of it and then look if, it, if that draws more eyes to your streaming services then awesome um if, if i can help move the needle in any way great um i'd like to think i'm pretty good at this deathmatch thing i'm gonna try and show out one way or another if you want me to come in and get myself over great if you want me to come in and put your guys over great i'm here for all of that stuff um i have tips and tricks to be able to do that. And the thing with Australia being so fucking isolated, being this giant island and then nothing kind of anywhere near it is that we have developed our own style and our own little tropes and things that are different to the some of the stock standard stuff you see in the US. And I mean, there's nothing really stock standard about death matches, but if I see another popper bat, my head might explode. Um, <laughs> mostly because we don't get poppers here in Australia. No. Um, no, but like, so that was the thing. I messaged one of the guys I'm wrestling. I'm like, hey, you know these popper bats? Yeah, they look really cool. Yeah. I said, do you reckon we stick them to light you? He's like, that's a pretty terrible idea. I said, eh, I'll do it. He's like, okay, sounds like fun. <laughs> but, oh, you know, st st stuff like that, that's something different uh, and not something that, you know, I've seen coming out of the US yet. So little things like that is why I think is my point of difference and what makes me worth it. Um, but the other thing is if everything goes well for this US tour, I'm going to have the ICW title and that's why they should book me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, here first. I mean, i gunning for that title. Um, I'll read but, fucking nose. I told them. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But um, I got to say with that, I know that with the horror slam tournament, you are facing Tommy Vendetta, who I had a, if you Fuck did watch the last, if you watched the last RPW show, I may or may not have had a friendly gesture for him. Friendly is one person's idea and another, a very suggestive gesture. Um, but um, I mean, who else are you looking forward to facing potentially in that tournament if you do make it past Tommy in round one? When I make it past Tommy in round one, fuck him. Um, <laughs> well, the, the other, so first of all, the match with Tommy, I didn't realize is on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah, um, it is. So, and I mean, you're in Chicago. That's like the city for fucking St. Patrick's Day. But hopefully <sighs> Detroit gets around it a little bit. I'm going to spray paint all the light tubes in our match fucking green. Um, and I'm going to buy a bottle of Jamison. We're going to just drink Irish whiskey. Okay, Jamison. <laughs> okay. But the, the, the green <laughs> spray painted light tubes is a... It's, it's a iffy iffy thing because there are some guys who do not like to spray paint light tubes well, i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i don't care and it's not my job to look out for the welfare of tommy vendetta so okay fine it's time to <laughs> screw it yeah tommy fuck it um but yeah uh that's gonna be really fun i hope somebody brings some green beer so we can drink green beer out of a shoe <sighs> do the shoe do the shoey yeah do the shoey so yeah so that's gonna be fun but like it's such an eclectic tournament like they're, they're, there's a lot of people who are trying to break out like obviously dba and mm-hmm. uh are really really cool and then there's legends like brad cash and chuck stein out of that kind of detroit area jimmy lloyd and murdoch are both in the tournament which is really cool me and murdoch have been saying we want to have a role for ages uh and there was a universe where it was going to happen when the stewards started to come together uh and then obviously reed beat him for the title yeah and i went ah oh. I'd rather wrestle for the title than wrestle, you know, for clout. So if I can kind of sw- swing it back around the other way and wrestle Murdoch in Detroit, that'd be really cool. Um, Randy West and Mickey Knuckles are both awesome. They're kind of on my list as well. Uh, I really want to trade headbutts with Mickey Knuckles. It's a fucking terrible idea, and I know it as I say it out loud. I regret it. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of want to have a scrap with Mickey. But the the one at the top of my list is Pondo. 100% Madman Pondo. We, I I took a day off school and got two trains and a bus to watch Madman Pondo wrestle in a Chinese restaurant in 2006. Like, I got in so much trouble, not only from my mom, not only from my school, but from my local promotion because Pondo was wrestling for the opposition. But, oh, because um, it was that time, but I didn't give a fuck because it was Madman Pondo, right? The 15 year old juggalo in me is so excited just to get to <laughs> hang out with him in person. Just to get to hang out with him in person, let alone potentially have the opportunity to wrestle it. Um, and there's so much that I've said to him in private and a, on a public forum um, about what he means to me and the scene here in Australia in general to be able to kind of show that, not just through, you know, sitting there and just blowing his ear off and saying, oh, my God, dude, um, and blowing his ear off for two days because I'm sure he'd get sick of that. But being able to kind of, you know, tell that story in a wrestling match is something I'm really excited to do. So, you know, if I, I, I don't think they're doing prop, I think they're doing blind bracketing for the tournament. So I honestly uh, don't know. Yeah. I don't know if, it, if it's feasible, but I would absolutely adore uh, the opportunity to wrestle Man Man Pondo. Yeah, I, I love that story about how you skipped school for Pondo. Uh, amazing you didn't like have a sign or something like that. Just be like, I skipped school for Pondo or something like that. 
Oh yeah, but it was there was like a hundred people in a Chinese restaurant, and there's a mirror on the roof, and like plants hanging down, a big fucking aquarium at the back. Like, oh my it, god! It was, it was our Karakuen Hall. It was called the Dragonfly Restaurant. It was amazing. It's was, it was one of my only career regrets here in Melbourne is I never got to wrestle with the Dragonfly. Oh, that just sounds so much fun. But uh, <laughs> but in all in all, I mean, this U.S. tour is as huge as it is for you as it is for the world of deathmatch wrestling to see you come over here to the states when was the last time you were in the states i gotta ask no nine years ago 2013 i was gonna say it was like i thought it was like eight or nine years ago february 2013 i was coming over to do a tournament and again like at the at the risk of burying a promoter publicly that i may have to work with one day i won't say their name yeah i understand i I, I was coming over to work tournament uh and tremont actually hooked it up for me because me and Matt had been talking since he broke out in that Carnage Cup show. Um, and I said, fuck, we should have a scrap. It'd be a lot of fun. Because me and Matt are only like, I think, a year apart in age. But um, it looked like we were going to do this. And I booked my flights. And the tournament got canceled. <laughs> so I was like, shit, I'm coming all the way around the world. I'm there for three weeks. I don't have anywhere to stay. I don't have anywhere to wrestle. I don't have anywhere to train fuck like because i was betting the farm on this tournament and then it all went tits up so i sent emails to up and down the east coast from like canada all the way down to like ohio obviously now i have a bit of better grasp on geography and that was ohio is not on the east coast nope um <laughs> nope <laughs> but uh iwe in maine which is still running got back anyway was it iwe or iwe uh, east coast I do- iwe oh okay yeah, uh, at the time it was run by the Heyman, uh, Randy Johnson. So, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, their main claim to fame is that's where Sasha Banks started. Um, oh! Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and uh, fuck, who's out of there? Like, uh, Danger Kid and stuff like that. They yeah, all okay. that company. Okay, now I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, and at the time, like, Just Incredible was doing all their shows. Like, he was their champion. Uh, I think he lost the belt like the show before I got there. I was so pissed. <laughs> um, but the uh, the uh, kind of the big stars on that show was like Bushwhacker Luke and Rene Dupree. Oh my goodness! Because the shows were like twenty minutes from the Canadian border. <laughs> um, so like the tippy tippy top of Maine. That that weekend was a trip, and that's a story I'll tell you off there because there's okay. a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that happened that weekend. I'll never see the light of day. Um, but CCW got back to me. Um, and yeah, like DJ, I I try not to speak ill of people who can't defend themselves. So, um, DJ reached out to me and he said, Hey, we've got a really good relationship with Australians coming here and training, um, come and train as our guest. Come and again, DJ said, come and train for free for three weeks. And that was a really generous gesture of him. But like the people in my class, like it was me, Kid Osborne, Latin Dragon, Frankie Picard. Uh, which is awesome because frankie had been training like a month when i met him and now he's like had you know a good amount of success with hey i'm so excited to see frankie in person like that that's one of the ones like him and kit are like the two guys so kit had been around for a fucking minute at that point but um i get to see frank like frankie's a fucking good wrestler now i'm really excited to see him in person give him a big cuddle and be like fuck yeah dude (laughs) you stuck with it um and yeah a couple other people um who i won't say their name because i don't want to kind of give them any credibility but yeah i, I got to train <laughs> there for three weeks if, if look it's 
not hard to think about who was really successful out of the CCW school and started around 2013. And it's now no longer wrestling. Um, so, yeah, I trained at CCW for a whole bunch. I got to help out on one of the shows, um, which was really cool. Like, I, I got to see Matt, which was awesome. Um, it was him, Masada, Gacy, and I think it might have been Christina Von Erie in a four-way for the title uh, at that CCW show. But it was really cool. Like, me and Cologne... Uh, actually met that show in like a 30 second interaction that neither of us remember (laughs) um but we remember the show we just don't remember fucking hanging out um and then i picked up a beyond booking the next day against rex lawless yes again that's on youtube by the way that's actually on youtube yeah you want to see skinny and like actually doing wrestling go and watch that man yeah, um, I watched it. It's 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 a it's a real eye opener for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun it's a fun six minute match. But I was a child. <laughs> I was, child. Yeah, well, I would have been like yeah, twenty two, twenty three. So, um, that was a trip. But when I I didn't make the most of like where I was, I was in Philly, and really didn't leave the market district. Like I was staying in a hostel like two blocks from Independence Hall, and the only parts of Philly I saw was like a direct line between there and the ECW arena. Okay. And that was all I saw of Philadelphia. I didn't really go exploring because I didn't know where the fuck I was going. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I spent a little bit of time in Manhattan because I flew in and out of New York. All okay. right. But, like, so I got in a cab at, like, 5 in the morning and went to Times Square because my bus was at, like, 9 to go to Philly. Oh, wow. So I just kind of walked around and went, oh, yeah, this is Times Square, and, like, went up the Empire State Building and shit like that. But I didn't stop and smell the roses at the time and i kind of really regret it to be honest like i got to I, I was in some really cool places like i spent a bunch of time in boston hanging out with like uh uh who it was it bo douglas yeah bo douglas jk dunn uh brandino davis and fuck what was andy's gimmick name ah it's gonna bug me he was the tornado andy so fuck he was the iwe champion at the time that's gonna okay. fuck out of me but they were all Boston guys, so I, I went down to Boston. Like, I took the last three days off training and fucked off to Boston to go and hang out with them because they were really cool guys. Um, but I didn't really stop and smell the roses too much. I didn't go to any sports games or anything like that. I think the coolest souvenir I bought back was a fucking knockoff Red Sox jersey um, <laughs> that hangs in my cupboard. Uh, but it was a knockoff Red Sox jersey that I paid 40 bucks for. And I just didn't see anything. So this time I'm going to try and do as much touristy shit and really stop and smell the roses and soak it all in and have a bit of fun and go out for beers with friends and, you know, go, I'm going to do a bunch of vintage shopping when I've got the chance, you know, yeah. I'm going to go and check out some stuff in Detroit. I got a list of stuff I want to go and see. Um, Nashville is going to be insane. Nashville is a cool place, man. It's a, such a cool place. Yeah. I'm going to buy like the stupidest pair of cowboy boots you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I might rest by the top. By if the tour goes the way I think it does, I think my actual wrestling boots are gonna be fucked by the end of the tour. So I may end up working in the cowboy boots for the last couple. Of oh months. no! <laughs> and just slowly um, cultivate my uh, my own, I guess, mental projection image of myself from Steve Carino from Living Dangerously 2000 without the long blonde hair. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> essentially, I wish I looked like Brandon Cook, but I don't. Um, so yeah, I, fuck man, if I was six and a half feet tall with long blonde hair, I'd be, I'd be that arrogant too. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just really excited to kind of take it all in and enjoy it this time around and focus less on the wrestling side of it and more of just the ability to enjoy it side of it. Oh shit. I mean, that's a perfect place to end it, man. I mean, 
I'm just happy you're going to be here and be doing what you love in front of a bigger audience that actually does appreciate your work. I mean, not saying I'm sure it doesn't, but a bigger audience is always a better audience. Sometimes people that want to see what you got. I mean, you got H2O, Chattanooga, Detroit. I mean, those are Detroit's a, it's a big city. That's a, that's going to be a lot of eyes on that tournament. So um, really, again, Joel, thank you for taking the time out of your busy, lustrously busy schedule. I know you've been doing 50 bazillion podcasts, not just mine, but all podcasting is as good as it can get right now. And um, really, thank you for coming on. Anything you want to plug before you hit the States in a few days? Anything you want to give a shout out to? I mean, it's the floor is yours, my friend. Thank you. Well, if it makes you feel any better, you're the only podcast that I got up fucking five o'clock in the morning to do. Everybody else, I made work to my schedule. Um, <laughs> but you're the only one I uh, got up early for because uh, you, you've been an amazing supporter of me and EMD. So the least I can do is um, get up and have an early morning because it's always good to chat. Uh, and honestly, you're the you're the number one person I'm bummed out that I may not see in person when I'm over there. So oh, I definitely I... have to come back, even if it's just so you and me can have beers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, me and my friends run a little company called Deathmatch Down Under. We're on IWTV uh, and on all social media platforms. If you search Deathmatch Down Under, we come up with the top search. Uh, I'm on social media at the smash underscore hit. Um, talk to me about wrestling, please. My wife's sick of hearing it. Um, drop me a line. Always up for chat. Um, I will drop probably today. I have a US exclusive T-shirt that I've got made for the tour. Um, I'm calling it not here to fuck spiders tour because it is like the greatest kind of Australian saying that doesn't have the word cunt in it. So, <laughs> um, and I figured if I put that on a t shirt, I don't think it's going to sell very well because no one would actually wear it. So, <laughs> that's why we're not here to fuck spiders. So, that'll drop today. But, uh, please come out and see me. Let's drink beer together. Like, that's what Australians like to do is just drink beer and be social creatures. I'm an incredibly social creature. So please come out and, and say what's up and say, hey, super cool to see you from Australia. Let's have a pint. I'm never going to turn down a cold beer. And because the weather's going to be such dog shit when I get there, all the beer is going to be cold. So uh, March 10 and 11, Chattanooga, Tennessee, ICW, Pit Fighter X, and No Holds Barred. Uh, sorry, that's 11th and 12th. 10th yeah, and 11th and 12th. 11th and 12th. 10th and 11th is uh, wrong. Sorry. So Whoops. 11th and 12th. <laughs> edit delete delete uh, uh my, my march 11 and 12th chattanooga tennessee for icw no holds barred march 14th h2o center uh against matt tremont 200 light tubes uh march 17 and 18th detroit uh for the horror slam murder city deathmatch cup i've got tommy vendetta on night one uh and like i said fingers crossed once i get through tommy man man pondo night two and then the 19th of march uh brooklyn new york um, against Casanova Valentine in a no ring death match and kind of bookending the pandemic yeah. with that one a little bit. And it's a two year uh, story that I've kind of been telling that we get to blow off. So um, everything that I'm going to have left at the end of the tour is going into that match. And I guarantee you all have something left. So I've got some really stupid shit planned for pretty much every show. <laughs> um, the person, the person I do want to shout out is Weapons Master Ryan from ICW. Yeah, he's been he's been amazingly receptive of all of my really stupid ideas, um, and has you know he he's the mad scientist when it comes to some of these builds and like I, I hit him up at what must have been like three thirty his time, um, and I went, 
do you think you can get me a cricket bat? Knowing full well cricket's not a thing in America. You can um, find them, you just gonna have to look kind of in between the lines. He goes, you know, give me 10 minutes. And comes back to me and goes, yeah, I can get you a cricket bat. I was like, awesome. And I said, look, if it's plastic, I want this, this, and this. If it's timber, I need this and this and this. Because if I hit someone with a timber cricket bat, it's a bad fucking day. Um, but there's that. Uh, and okay, for the, hope this comes out on Tuesday, so people have yes. like some time to kind of plan their shit. I will give you a couple of scoops. I've ordered a uh, cricket bat for ICW. Those things suck. And I'm super creative with what I'm going to stick to it. And I've ordered a weed whacker for one other show. Okay. I'm not fucking around. I'm coming to show out. Oof. So, yeah, like, if you sit there and go, oh, you know, he's going to photo it to it. No, I'm talking weed whackers and shit. Um, there is a world in which a weed whacker board is, exists that I'm actually trying to work out the logistics on. And Wait, a weed whacker board? board? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, right? Something a little different and yeah. something fucking awful. But I've I've never seen it before, and probably for good reason. Um, yeah, like uh, I'm I'm coming to fucking give it a proper a proper crack. So hopefully I see as many fine people in person as possible, um, and get to have some fun. <laughs> I mean that's that's as good as it's gonna be. Well, there you heard it here from the Smash Head Joel Bateman. IPA all fucking day, by the way, as a fellow yeah, brotherhood. Fuck, me and Joel are like the brotherhood of the IPA, okay? I've just got I've just got to make sure that, like, that because that's a joke that my best friend Hawko likes to do on intros. He, he, he ring-announces a bunch of deathmatch down on the show. I know. I know Hawko. He's my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. Uh, like, we're, we're tighter than ass cheek. And I really hope that no one in America puts that in my intro because Nick Gage is going to fucking come for me. No, he um, should. You should put it in the intro. You should put it in the intro is what I'd say. It's, it's freaking IPA all day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm wrestling in the Northeast, and I know, like, nowhere is far enough to run away from an angry Nick Cage. <laughs> I mean, it, it's at his own discretion. But, no, seriously, guys, um, you heard it here from Joel. He's, he's coming to the States very, very soon. Going to kick ass, take names. You know the deal, but... Of course, um, as always, thank you so much, Joel, for making the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me and um, have safe travels over here. I know I'm bummed I can't make it to Detroit, but um, we'll we'll make it work one of these days is what I say. But um, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Your Dose of Death podcast. From Joel to myself, Lauren, we're signing off. Thank you, guys. This has been a Countout Podcast.